What is GDPR? And more importantly, how does it impact you and your company? Join internationally known data privacy, data protection expert, Jonathan Armstrong, and Tom Fox, the compliance evangelist, to learn more about the burgeoning world of data privacy and data protection. After listening to this episode, you'll walk away with a greater understanding of what this means for you and your organization. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery Compliance in London, working from an undisclosed remote location <laughs> today. Uh, as we uh, turn to a recent uh, UK Information Commissioner's Office fine uh, against uh, Cafe Pacific Airlines for data breach security. So, Jonathan, uh, first of all, welcome. Thanks very much, Tom. So, Jonathan, um, we have a 500,000 uh, pound fine for failing to protect the security of customers' data. This uh, is a pre-GDPR case, and it represents the maximum fine, as I understand it, which was allowed uh, to the ICO under its pre-GDPR powers. What was yeah. this case all about? Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, that, that's correct. It is the maximum under the old legislation. First thing to say, probably, is this isn't meant to be a Cathay Pacific knocking podcast. They're one of my favorite airlines. I've always had great service from them. And they're obviously going through a terrible time at the moment with the global situation. So nobody wishes Cathay Pacific ill uh, out of this. And we're going through the case because it's instructive and it's a matter of record. But uh, according to the ICO, between October 2014 and May 2018, Cathay's uh, uh, security systems weren't appropriate on its um, on, on uh, the security measures on its computer systems weren't appropriate. And you'll recall, because we talk about it quite often, that TOMs are very important, not only on these podcasts but also under GDPR, where you have to have appropriate technical and organizational measures, TOMs, in place to protect personal data. Now, because those measures weren't in place, data on around 9.4 million individuals was exposed, and some 111,000 of those were from the UK. As a result, unauthorized access to passenger personal details then occurred, and this personal data included things like name, passport, date of birth, email addresses, etc. Now, Cathay became uh, aware of this suspicious activity in March 2018, and um, it had experienced what's called a brute force attack. So this is when an attacker submits loads of passwords in the hope of eventually arriving at correct information. And it seemed that this attack originated from an IT service provider who provided support to Cathay. So lesson number one is always look at your suppliers. We see many breaches caused by vendors and suppliers, and they're obviously the weakest link. Cathay hired a cybersecurity firm to deal with the issue, and they identified two groups of attackers, and they thought that they were two different groups and Cathay then reported the incident to the ICO in October 2018. 
Jonathan, what were the ICO's findings on this matter? So the ICO decided that um, Cathay's systems were entered by a server connected to the internet and malware, so bad computer stuff, was installed there to harvest data. And the ICO said this was a catalog of errors, which led to all sorts of different contraventions. There were about a dozen in all, and probably too many to go into. But uh, as a general summary, the system wasn't set up correctly, and Cathay weren't doing appropriate horizon scanning, by which I mean looking out for risks as they develop, checking them against their own systems, and they weren't doing pen testing. So penetration testing, asking good guys to try and get in to make sure that the system's robust. They also were handling data. Uh, they also had data on the systems uh, for too long. Now, many organizations that we see don't have proper retention periods or they don't destroy data. You know, often you'll go and see a client and say, how, you know, how old is the data? And they'll say, well, we've been going 21 years, so 21 years. We've never destroyed any data. And one of the messages from this case is that you have to look at how long you hold data for, particularly if it's uh, in a database that's, uh, that can be at risk. So um, the ICO said that, the, um, that this was obviously a consequential breach. They were comforted by the fact that there were no confirmed cases of misuse of the data, but they said that the fact that things like passport information was enclosed made it more likely that social engineering phishing attacks could be successful in the future because obviously you can't change your date of birth and you can't change basic details like that. They said that uh, Cathay fell below uh, the standards. They looked at things like uh, Cyber Essentials, which is a UK government standard that is recommended to organisations and said that they'd failed to meet cyber essentials, and that as a result, that was an aggravating factor in setting the fine. Now, you remember when we've looked at these before that the ICO's position is that they normally look at aggra aggravating and mitigating factors when setting the fine. So things like the fact that there was no reported identity theft is a mitigating factor, but there were enough aggravating factors like the uh, holding data for too long, failure to have appropriate TOMs, that meant that they got up to the maximum fine, as you say, 500,000 sterling, approximately 640,000 US. Um, and that is the maximum under the pre-GDPR uh, legislation. Now, in addition, there is a possible civil action as well, uh, Cathay Pacific apparently received 12,000 complaints from customers. We don't know how many of those were in the UK or the EU, but uh, there is threatened litigation over, um, over the consequences of the breach and also relating to frequent flyer miles and the possible disappearance of those miles. So this is a case that's likely to run, I think. 
Jonathan, that's um, one of the things, certainly in the United States, if, if you had a major breach or some other type of regulatory incident, you would have follow-on litigation, shareholder action, et cetera. Is that something uh-huh. that you're seeing a little bit more often under GDPR? Or has that always been uh, a facet of a data breach, even under the pre-GDPR days where the ICO was involved? There were some cases pre-GDPR. GDPR makes it easier. And there's also been some litigation, both pre- and post-GDPR, that I think is opening the door for class actions. Certainly in the UK, the regime is obviously different in some European countries. And we've got a couple of cases, uh, big cases, that are um, going to the appeal courts here, one involving the Morrison's data breach, another involving uh, a chap called Richard Lloyd that we've talked about before here. Now, obviously, the court system in the UK is in a period of readjustment. So I don't think we know for certain when those appeals will be heard. But what is certain is that the uh, direction of travel is in favour of civil actions after breaches like this. So what are the key takeaways for the compliance practitioner, uh, corporate uh, co- uh, corporate senior management, even the board of directors, Jonathan? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I think the board of directors has got to look at data security as one of its priorities. And we've said before that cybersecurity has moved out of the, you know, the back bedroom of the uh, uh a techie guy in charge of security to the boardroom. And boards rightly now increasingly take their obligations seriously. The amounts involved would have been greater under GDPR. That's obvious. The regulator repeated that. And the fine would certainly be in the millions under the GDPR regime. So organizations have to have security as a board-level responsibility. They need to do all they can to stop breaches. It's a cliche, but data breaches are a when, not if. It doesn't mean to say we shouldn't do all we can to prevent them, but we also need to make sure that we can react quickly when they do happen. And obviously, under GDPR, in most cases, we're going to have to report a breach within 72 hours. Responding quickly is also important to try and minimize the downside and uh, and minimize the impact of a class action against us. So, um, so obviously, organizations have to have first-rate strategies, proper tools in place for responding and trying to prevent these attacks. They'll have to do things like horizon scanning to make sure that they're aware of the latest Uh, uh, techniques being used to exploit vulnerabilities that they're patching servers and and all of that good stuff. They'll also have to make sure that they're supervising suppliers and vendors. They can't rely on them wholly for, you know, you can't outsource your security obligations. And then I think lastly, you've got to rehearse data breaches. They are an inevitability and organizations have got to get much better of dealing with them. So many lessons to be learned, I think. And um, I think this will be the first of a number of cases that we can expect to see 
in the coming month. Jonathan, we're now about two months out from the second anniversary of GDPR going live. Uh, as we noted at the top of this podcast, this case involving Cathay Pacific uh, came about under the prior uh, United Kingdom uh, data security, data privacy, data protection law. Are you? Uh, do you believe this will be one of the last ones under the old law, or do you think there are multiple cases still kind of percolating their way through the system? Yeah, I think the latter. I think these cases will often take some while to investigate. The last two big ones that we've seen, this one and DSG, have had some quite detailed technical analysis. And I think it's noteworthy that the ICO in particular is looking much more forensically at uh, technical and organizational measures and whether they were adequate. I think there has been a perception, I think wrong in many cases, but a perception amongst some that they'd be able to bamboozle a regulator with science. Uh, you know, we always see after a data breach that it that they say that it was uh, an unprecedented uh, and and sophisticated attack. They're nearly always the words people use. And they might fool the press, but I think they're unlikely to fool the regulator. Very few attacks like this are unprecedented and sophisticated. It's much more common that a regulator takes action when we haven't done patching that we should have done. So I think there will be still some pre-GDPR cases to come to the fore. And of course, the volume of post-GDPR cases is increasing. And there's been a real divergence across the EU in that some countries like Romania and Spain in particular are concentrating on many small fines. And some countries like the UK are concentrating on fewer, bigger fines. There is no harmony across Europe in this. But what we are seeing is tough enforcement in most, uh, amongst most EU regulators, and that isn't going to stop anytime soon. So, Jonathan, this has been a fascinating exploration of a recent uh, ICO enforcement action. We are going to link, of course, to the quarterly client alert on this case in our show notes. So, I hope our listeners will check it out for more information, and of course, also on the. Um, quarterly compliance uh, GDPR navigator. So, Jonathan, uh, thanks again. I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation. My pleasure. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Life with GDPR. We're going to link to the quarterly compliance client alert uh, that explores these topics in a little more depth in our show notes, so check that out. Also, uh, check out uh, the quarterly website for a great number of resources around GDPR. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. During this corona health crisis, please be safe, stay safe, and stay sanitary. We look forward to visiting with you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.